The Nonprofit Happy Hour is a weekly look at Portland's nonprofits and do gooders with interviews, music, and documentaries. You're listening to the Nonprofit Happy Hour on X Ray FM, brought to you by the Media Institute for Social Change, a public interest media lab that works to inspire, empower, and engage emerging media producers. Learn more online at mediamakingchange.org. I'm Carly Meisberger. Today, we talk the universal language of soccer with Adam Lewis from Street Soccer. This is a nonprofit happy hour on X-Ray FM. I'm Phil Bussey. I'm joined in the studio. Adam Lewis is founder and managing director for Street Soccer USA Dash Portland. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, Phil. And so now street soccer, um, you are working with homeless and new refugee kids. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think um, a great way to to think about street soccer is we're using this this game, this sport that's meant so much to so many people to to really take on some of our city's greatest challenges. And, and really, what that looks like is you know, placing these these life-changing soccer programs into neighborhoods where, where we can address, um, you know, not only important social issues, but, but reach folks that are, are recently displaced or, or are that, that are at risk for being displaced. Um, so there's a lot to talk about there. Let's, I want to start with just geographically placing the program. Mm-hmm. So what neighborhoods are you talking about? That's a great question. Um, so... Before I kind of get into to really where our programs are, I think something that's that's important to mention is that um, you know we're not just sort of throwing you know, soccer programs at the city and seeing what sticks. Um, you know, we're we're putting our, our programs um, not only into um, into neighborhoods that have a distinct lack of, of sporting programs, um, but also we're we're putting them in proximity to um, to various opportunities, whether that's social service agencies, access to transit, city resources. Um, so, for example, our youth programs that predominantly serve uh, refugee youth and, and their families, we, we house in city community centers. Um, and so this folds in youth automatically into teen force programs. We have built-in meeting spaces. The families can come watch the kids. Um, you know, I think a great example of this is we recently hosted a Know Your Rights presentation we have all the kids playing soccer, and then all of the parents and community members can ask an immigration attorney, um, you know, various questions, anything they want. Um, and then, in terms of reaching folks that are that are already displaced, we're, we're trying to put these programs where they don't have to completely alter their their lives and their schedules um, to just have fun and and build a community. So we, we host a program in the metro area that's right um, actually in collaboration with the Homeless Youth Continuum. Um, so we're, we're running a shuttle actually from outside in. I have to plug them. They're an amazing partner. Um, we run a shuttle from outside into our practice space, and then we'll actually have two games tonight. Oh, great. And, 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 and again, so many questions here. Uh, what, what refugees from what countries primarily are you working with right now? Oh, all, all over. Um, yeah, we, we don't necessarily have one demographic that shows up every time. Mm-hmm. Um, something that we've we found to be really effective to kind of be this, if you think about it like, like a giant funnel, that if refugee and newcomer populations are brand new to Portland, brand new to the U.S., um, 
soccer is, is that one piece that can be really familiar. Um, and so really what we're trying to do is, is host this open play session where anybody can come from any background, any skill level. The only thing you need is a registration form. It's okay. just to have somebody over 18 say that you can play soccer. And, and, and you guys provide cleats. You guys provide things, all that they, shin guards, everything. Yeah, every, everything that, that our players need. And, and I mean, I would think that retention is an issue. I mean, both uh, with, with both homeless population and with refugee population, with uh, refugees uh, that may be settling in and then they find a new neighborhood or mm-hmm. a new city to live in, uh, with homeless uh, youth that, that may come and go. Mm-hmm. I mean, how are, how are you dealing with that? I mean, you, you, get, you get your star lineup worked out and then everybody disappears. That yeah, that's 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 a very um, kind of common concern and, and, and a question that I definitely get a lot. Um, so in the last two years, we've served nearly 500 people, um, and really what we're trying to do is is to meet these communities with a commitment level that works for them. And so, if we have a lower turnout at practice, that can often be a good thing, because our entire model is is predicated on using these as a giant entry point and then providing people with defined pathways to jobs, housing, rehabilitation, if, if that's a need, legal services, like I was talking about earlier. Um, and so, you know, the, the other day we had, we only had three or four people at one of our practices in our Homeless World Cup program. And, you know, one of our assistant coaches, you know, remarks to me, oh, this is, this is a lower turnout. And I was thinking to myself, I know where everybody else in the program is. They all texted me and said, hey, I have this job interview or I'm moving out of the shelter today or, you know, I'm doing X, Y, or Z. And so I think that, you know, retention for us um, in our youth programs especially has, has never really been been an issue. I mean, people show up once and they fall in love with it. It's, it's very different than um, sort of the traditional sports and, and activities that are going on. Is I mean, this is... I'm sure everybody says this, but street soccer to these kids is a family. Yeah, and, and I mean, let's talk about soccer uh, specifically as a sport. I mean, is it different than, say, if you're trying to do um, baseball or volleyball or a swim team? What What is it about those life lessons or creating that family atmosphere that soccer seems to bring that other sports may not? That's a, another great question. Um, I'm decidedly biased. I'm a lifelong soccer player, and, and it helped me. Uh, really become the person that I am today. Uh, I I think that in in a lot of ways it, it doesn't necessarily matter what what the medium is. Um, you know we use soccer um, because it's been called often the the universal language. It's very accessible. It's the most widely played sport in the world, and there's a massively low barrier to entry. All of our programs are in uh, city community center gyms or. Um, you know, alike spaces where where you don't need any of the fancy cleats, you don't need the goals, you don't need a field reservation, you just need a space and a ball and sometimes cones, goals, whatever it is. And so I think um, in terms of accessibility, that that makes a huge difference. Um, I mean, you know, I'll never forget, you know, something that that one of our participants said to me in in our Homeless World Cup program is he, you know, he he kept playing in, in work boots. And, you know, I think one of our volunteers asked me, you know, hey, do you want to borrow a pair of shoes? It's like, oh, nobody's ever asked me that before. You know, if you're going to have one pair of shoes, it might as well be something that you can do everything in. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And and, and uh, just focus on you for a little bit here. So you, when did you start playing soccer? How did, how did you first get involved? Do you remember? Yeah, I, I played, uh, oh, geez, 
you know, four or five years old. I was on one of those little AYSO teams, and I used to tag along to a select team practice with my older brother. And, and I mean, I think really just played it to be closer to him. And then, you know, kind of woke up one day and was like, I'm kind of good at this. Maybe I should keep doing it. And, and, and now from going from competitor to coach role, how has mm-hmm. that switch been for you? It's been difficult. It, okay. I, th- I, think, yeah. I think it always is. Sure. Um, you know, in, in my role now, it's, it's really important to, to be that mentor and be that role model. Um, and especially when, when I get going and start playing the games, it's, it's hard to turn that off. It's hard to flip that switch. And, and, and I mean, why, why did you become the founder of, uh, of street soccer here in Portland? I mean, you could have just gone and, uh, joined an adult league, a competitive league, played futsal, whatever. I mean, that's, that's what a lot of players do as, mm-hmm. as, as they, as they start to age. Why have you, how did this come about in your head or how did the connection come to you? Well, how much time do we have? <laughs> uh, I think the the sort of abridged version, the story for radio, if you will, is um, so I, I had the, this incredible privilege of, of playing soccer all over Oregon. I, I grew up in Corvallis, and it's, it's a very bubbled town, small, you know, really connected to the university. Um, and one of the teams that I played for growing up, a lot of my teammates were in and out of correctional facilities, um, came from very different backgrounds than me coming from all over the world and uh i had really fallen in love with with that atmosphere with that connection and, and granted i mean this is in a this is in a different city um and so I, I was never really able to form those bonds outside of the team with my teammates and i um you know had had left that team and you know, went off to college and when i was actually back in oregon i, I had a chance encounter with one of my old teammates and he, he gave me this big hug and apologized. He said he was sorry. And I mean, granted, I haven't seen this person in six years. And I'm thinking to myself, it's uh, the only thing I could muster to say was it's okay. Like, I'm, I'm sure whatever you, whatever's happened is fine. And, you know, it turns out he, he had just finished another stint in a correctional facility. And after six years, he felt like he had let our team down. Wow. And so I remember staring at brake lights after that interaction in my car. And I was thinking to myself, what did, what am I doing? And so, you know, sort of that next week, everything came into motion. And I was thinking to myself, how can I take this this sport that I truly believe in to create change for our most vulnerable communities? And that's, you know, uh, people experiencing homelessness, um, refugee newcomer populations. We're also um, beginning to, to serve a large contingent in correctional facilities, especially on the youth side. Um, and so I actually reached out to a, f- a few different um, support for development, support for social change nonprofits, people that had you know, curriculums that I was really interested in. And I kind of settled on street soccer. And I'm, I'll never forget this this phone conversation because I, I called the, the founders of Street Soccer USA, this national organization, and was kind of like, hey, I, I want to bring this program to Portland and here's how I would do it. And I just sent them a strategic plan in my resume. I was like, can I do this? You're a total weirdo, but <laughs> but like you know maybe let's keep talking um, I, or or they could you know it's a, a self starter I think is another know, word yeah. for it. weirdo slash self starter yeah, yeah weirdo weirdo was my word I think <laughs> I think they were very excited but maybe I was reading into that a little bit um, yeah and then you know kind of we've slowly integrated you know what's going on in Portland into that street soccer USA network and 
you know, it's been what, two and a half, almost three years, and we've served almost 500 people. Have you let that former teammate uh, who who sparked this idea know? No, no, <laughs> I, I I haven't. It's uh, it's one of those tricky situations where, um, you know, I'd I'd love to let him know, and I'd I'd love to have that experience, but it's it's not a certainly not a conversation you can have over the phone or or over text. Um, and also, there's you'll you'll notice that I you know I haven't used any names, I haven't used any identifiers. I think it's, it's, I don't know if he would want that. Fair enough. Fair enough. And, and, um, let's take a quick music break and I want to come back and talk a little, uh, talk more about the organization and what you're doing. And you brought in uh, a world cup song as it were. Yeah. Yeah. This is wave and flag by k When I get older, I will be stronger. They'll call me freedom. Just like a waving flag.
This is the Nonprofit Happy Hour. I'm Phil Bussey. I'm talking with Adam Lewis, who is the founder and managing director for Street Soccer USA. Uh, before we took the musical break, uh, which hopefully stirred up some soccer players' uh, memories there, uh, we were talking about how the program came about. So Street Soccer USA is a national organization, and you had, you really solicited them and asked permission if you could start a program here do you know if 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 that's normal? Uh, um, you know, looking at at where where they are, they're in New York, Philadelphia, San Francisco. Mm-hmm. You're why they're here in Portland, explicitly uh, for you. You uh, are they normally picking the cities as opposed to cities picking them? Yeah, so it's 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 a little bit of a balancing act. Um, I think that the it it can be. Uh, see, how do I answer this? I think it's it's much more so. Okay, well, let me back up. Uh, I think what what happened in Portland was very unique. Um, that this this doesn't happen a lot, where people are soliciting their their curriculums to to bring a full fledged program to a city. Um, I think that, you know, I mean, frankly, I, I wish more people would. I mean, this this really works. Um, there was a an affiliate program of street soccer that ran through outside in through that. Um, that homeless youth services organization that I mentioned, and um, you know it was it was it was doing great things for the for the youth in that specific organization. And I was thinking to myself, you know, if, if there's already this this nucleus of a, of a background, and there are people that that do get what this program might be able to do, like why not take it and and create this this massive you know um, network of of sport based social change in Portland. Um, but the the other hub cities are either solicited by funders or foundations that are reaching out to street soccer and saying, "Hey, we've seen how well this works in other cities. Let's bring it here." Um, but no, what, what happened in Portland is extremely unique. And and um, I, I imagine you've had a crash course in in uh, operating, running, starting a nonprofit. You can, yeah, you could say that. Um, so so uh, where where where's funding coming from then? Um, we have an amazing amazing board of directors. Um, we put a lot of responsibility on them to ensure the financial health of the organization. Um, we also actually, our first donation of, of any substance in Portland was from uh, the Timbers Army, from the 107 in- Independent Supporters Trust. Um, they were absolutely amazing. We're a big reason that this program launched in Portland. And, you know, I this program certainly wouldn't be here without Sport Oregon as well, which is formerly the Oregon Sports Authority. Um, you know, they were one of the, the first organizations that I met while I was starting this and kind of asked them, like, hey, is this going to work? And their, you know, answer was yes, and we're going to help you do it. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's amazing. It's, I wanted to ask about some of those connections to uh, the colleges, the professional teams. Mm-hmm. Um, are, are, are players coming out to help? I mean, is, is it getting down to that uh, minutia of, of interaction or is it more of a general support? Um, I, th- I think it's both. You know, we've uh, we've had amazing support from the uh, from the Portland Timbers as well. Um, kind of whenever we ask, they're receptive to pick up the phone. Um, Zarek Valentin, who's the Timbers right back, has been heavily involved in the organization. 
Um, you know, he's he's another person that's has got a huge heart for the community and uh, you know doesn't necessarily have a defined role with us, but you know, whenever I pick up the phone, he's happy to help. That's amazing. That's amazing. And and um, leave us with a success story. I know that you you haven't been using names, but but can you tell us sort of like the uh, life cycle of a player that came into the program and 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 came out the other end, or is still with you guys? And and is, you can talk about the impact the program's had. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've got a lot to choose from. <laughs> uh, I think one one that's really stuck with me is is we had a player who uh, both of his parents were um, were deported when he was 16. Um, and he had the choice of dropping out of school and living with them in Mexico or staying here. And so he ended up dropping out of school, um, moving to Mexico with his family, and then returned to Portland and, and struggled with some addiction battles and some bouts with, with homelessness. Um, and after joining our programs, he... Um, he has a full-time job now. is enrolled in uh, PCC. Uh, is completely self-sufficient, and um, the kicker on that is he actually represented the U.S. at the Homeless World Cup in Mexico City uh, last year. Um, and now, in what is it? Two weeks will actually be a paid employee of Street Soccer USA in Portland um, as a coach working in our new pilot program with Donald E. Long. We'll be bringing our programs into that detention center and then using it as a segue when, when youth are eligible for release so that they have that conduit between this established community when they were serving time and moving them out to a healthier, hopefully a healthier community, one of our neighborhood programs. That's great. I mean, and it's exciting that you guys are expanding into other services. I, wanna, I wanted to circle back real fast. So there's a homeless soccer world cup is that what you said yeah it's in cardiff this year okay and 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 so these these are programs uh similar to street soccer usa that are in other countries exactly yeah that's amazing that's yeah. i mean that's that's amazing and and how and and so players from portland are feeding into that program or how how is the team usa selected um, so it's it's selected based on on progress, not only on the field and off the field. So every year, all of our city programs, so in Chicago, in New York, in San Francisco, so on and so forth, um, will nominate players um, to to represent the U.S. And it's it's this much sort of longer process to make sure that the team we're putting forth is, you know, is going to represent the U.S. well. Um, and yeah, it's it's an absolutely life changing experience for the players that go. Adam Lewis is the founding founder and managing director for Street Soccer USA Portland. Um, you know, and I know that I'm sure uh, uh, probably is that some of our listeners are soccer players. Uh, how can they get involved or how can they support you? Um, we're always looking for volunteers. Um, you know, we, we really believe that change in this community and change around the country begins with a soccer ball. Um, and so I guess my, my request to, to everyone in Portland is, is are you willing to play? Um, so the best way to get in touch with me, I guess, is, is via email. Yeah, email's great. Um, yeah, adam at streetsoccerusa.org. Hope to hear from you. Adam, thank you so much. Thank you.
The Nonprofit Happy Hour is made possible by Beneficial State Bank, a certified B Corps that holds to what it calls a triple bottom line of social justice, environmental well-being, and economic sustainability. If your organization or business is interested in underwriting our show, please email phil at mediamakingchange.org. The Nonprofit Happy Hour is a production of the Media Institute for Social Change and KXRY Radio, X-Ray FM. Our host is Phil Bussey. Our executive producer and editor is me, Carly Meisberger. Archives of past shows can be found on our SoundCloud page. Questions, comments, or ideas about the show can be sent to info at mediamakingchange.org. Thanks for tuning in.